God is going to give to us again tonight through his word in Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, I've just got a, 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 a couple of boxes of books that I got. Um, General Conference seems like a lot of the authors try to get out new things and that type of thing, and there's, a, there's some really, really good books out there. There's no question about it. One tonight that I do want to highlight that I highly recommend, I've started this book, got about a little ways through it, um, and it's by Brother Bernard. Uh, how many appreciated the message Sunday night? That was right on the money, wasn't it? We need to be unified. We need to preach the truth in love. We need to keep those things in mind. And I appreciate our general superintendent who has just authored many books. He just put out a new one. Again, like I said, I would highly recommend this called Anchor Points. Um, and just, just good stuff. Just really, 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 really good stuff. Just what I would call fundamentals, and um, um, it would be a great book to add to your, um, to your library, and I hope that you are adding to your library in Jesus' name. Um, I um, have not really connected well yet <laughs> with e-books. Um, I, I just haven't. I was something about that that just hasn't cleared my thinking yet, so I'm the old school. I just like turning pages. And so, but you can buy those e-books for about probably a third or maybe a quarter of what, what the, the books cost. Maybe, I don't know what the exact um, cost would be, but um, what I'm saying is that you can, you can invest um, money every year in books. Um, personally, this is just my goal. I, I try to read uh, apostolic material. Um, some books I, I have probably read four and five times because I, they're that, they just, they speak to me. And there are authors um, that I'm sure will do the same thing for you. Personalities do lend itself um, in communicating. And um, uh, I guess my point is, is, is uh, try to get through several books a year. I personally make a goal of at least one a month, if not two a month. Um, and that does not infringe on my Bible reading. I will not allow anything to do that because the Word of God is, is, is the thing in my life. But these are things that that are, are, are tremendous for clearing your mind and, and renewing your thoughts and that type of thing on a regular basis. Um, um, it, 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 I am just going to say it beats taking anything from the pharmaceutical market. It really does. And I'm not, a, if you're on medication, I'm certainly not here to rain and anybody's prayed. But this has been my medication for years. Um, it just, I constantly am, am running the word and, and, and good books like this over my mind. And it just helps me to understand and grasp the things in this world. And besides that, the scripture does give us a mandate that it's, uh, we are to be ready to give an answer. And so um, uh, was I. Uh, another book, I've started three books. I have gotten a habit to do that. I get them in the mail and just, boy, I can't wait to get into them. And um, uh, one of the things I, I just was reading the introduction, and I appreciate him, Simeon Young was the, um, the editor for our Pentecostal magazine for a number of years. And he's a tremendous man. And he wrote a uh, foreword in one of the um, books that I'm reading. And it was so good to hear from him. And he's 81 years of age. Just, I really appreciate people who age well. <laughs> I'm, I'm really noticing people like that a whole lot more, um, I guess, as I do. And um, he's 81 years old, and, and he still is teaching the adult class in a tech, in a church that he's in. And I, and I really appreciate that. I, I did. And he, he just said, he said, I am never 
going to quit learning. I'm never going to, I'm not going to get to a place where I'm going to shut that valve off in my life. And um, he said some other things in that foreword, but I appreciate that. And those are the kind of folks I like to hang with. They have been my mentors, you know, via the books and stuff like that. And so take advantage of that. I know I'm kind of making a, um, taking a real long walk around this block, but um, um, take advantage of it. We just have so much good printed material out there that you can take advantage of. What you see on the screen here um, is what our organization has highlighted, and I appreciate that all. Um, uh, uh, it's called, um, what is it called? <laughs> all Nation Sunday. Yeah, that's what it was. I forgot. And what it is, it's just basically a lot of our churches, especially in the metro areas, are finding um, uh, that there are just uh, all kinds of people from all kinds of nations. Um, in fact, for a while in one of our churches down in um, uh, Salt Lake City, uh, the biggest portion of their Sunday morning crowd was from, and I can't remember what the group was, but it was, a, um, it was some European group that, that landed in Salt Lake City, and there was about 20 or 30 of them that were coming to church in uh, one of our Salt Lake City churches at one time. And it was just exciting. And, and the different um, view that a lot of these people bring um, is tremendous. But I want to take a few minutes tonight and show you where I feel like this really began, um, and, and, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, in the book of Acts, um, uh, uh, the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, uh, the church was, was, was doing well. I mean, growth was happening on a lot of different um, areas, and, um, but you must understand, like us a lot of times, they were still a very prejudiced church. At the time of the, the book of Acts writing, there were three major um, cultures in the world that the scripture makes reference to. Um, of course, the major one that we deal with a lot um, is, the, um, is the Jewish nation. And of course, you know, that's who penned the vast majority of the Bible. And so you can't, you can't read the word of God without having that kind of flavor show up. Amen. And, um, and then what had happened through history is that Jewish, the Jewish nation had struggles, and I won't go into all of it, but um, they broke off, and, um, and, and uh, that's where you have uh, the, the Samaritan people, and they were people that were very, very much um, despised by the Jews. They really were. And um, it's just sad what we can do to each other. It really is. And, um, and then the last of the categories, so you had the nation of Israel, you had the, uh, the, the Samaritans, and then you had the Gentiles, which is a vast, that covers a whole lot of territory, and that's where most of us, that's where we come from, in the Gentile nations. Well, God, when he, um, when he put together the New Testament plan of salvation, one of the things that was included was, of course, everybody, for the promises unto you unto your children, unto them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You remember that? And Peter, of course, preached that message. But like a lot of times, we read the Word of God and we, we study some things, and we just don't get it. You know, we just go on doing the same things that we have done. And I'm not here to find fault tonight. I'm just telling you how it is. But God has a unique way of bringing it to us. And that's why I've always believed in dreams and visions. I believe that, you know, the nighttime is not just for sleeping, although that's what the vast majority of what it is. 
that a lot of times God can connect to us through these things, and a lot of times he does. And this is what happened to Peter. Peter, of course, received a vision, and, and it was a vision that he, he was well aware of, what was going on, you know. And, um, and in the meantime, God was dealing with a Gentile person. And what happens a lot of times when God deals with things like that, there's going to become a crossroads. There's going to become a connection. There's going to come a time when those two things are going to meet. And that's exactly, that's, that's exactly what you see in the book of Acts. And when you talk about every nation or all nations Sunday, this is, in my opinion, one of the first places that we see that. And, of course, God was tearing down, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, walls is literally what God was doing. And he did that in this 10th chapter. And I'm going to tell you something. It's beautiful. Now, I'm not going to go through all of this because I want to get into the other lesson tonight, but I did want to mention it tonight. And I want to show you something. Um, look at Acts chapter number 10. And, um, and this is after Peter has his vision and he kind of catches what God is doing. And he gets a knock at the door, and he gets, an, he gets a preaching in, invitation. Come to Cornelius' house. We're going we're gonna to have church. We want to have church. And sometimes we don't realize, you know, the risk that Peter was taking with his comrades, with his, you know, with fellow apostles and that type of thing. Because Jews, we're not supposed to have anything to do with these people. And so Peter, in faith, just said, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm going to see what God can do, you know? And so he gets to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius greets him and tells him what happened to him and, and, and pretty much sets the stage, you know? And, um, and in verse 33, he says something, praise God. Um, uh, and, and this, of course, uh, I think is very important. And in verse 33 and 10 of Acts, it says, And immediately, therefore, I sent unto thee, or to thee, and that thou hast well done that thou art to come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear, everybody say all. That's a pretty good position to be in. All things that are commanded thee of God. Cornelius is ready. Praise God. Well, Peter, I don't know what he's thinking up to this time, but in verse 34, he kind of says, or he begins to say, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Wow. What a revelation. What an opportunity. Praise God. And then he goes on to say, he said, and further, but every nation. Everybody say every nation. That's what's happening in the world you and I are living in. He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And I believe that is so true today. Praise God. You know, people who will fear the Lord. I'm not talking about being absolutely scared to death of him, but esteem him and, and reverence him and realize that there's only one God and that this God has lots to say. And if I'll listen and take heed to it, a lot of things can begin to happen. And then, of course, you see the words there, worketh righteousness. And in my opinion, the simple rendition of that is just people who want to do what's right. And I believe that, that our world is ripe for that kind of thing. I really do. 
And in, in our organization, the United Pentecostal Church, that has been, since I've gotten into this thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure that before that, you know, the organization that we have now, the United Pentecostal Church International, actually was formed out of two organizations, two oneness organizations. Back in the very early 1900s, there was an outpouring of God's spirit in this country and in other places of the world. And people woke up to the fact that God wanted to communicate with them through the Spirit, praise God. And because of this, this caused organizations to come about. And there were many, 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 many organizations that were formed probably in that 20-year period. Amen. And, and tremendous things can be done when, when God can be the head of an organization. And so the organization, the United Pentecostal Church International, came because of two organizations that joined in 1945. And, and, and since that time, they have seen growth and that type of thing. But one of the things, in my opinion, that has set them apart from a lot of other organizations, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just telling you, is that they have pushed for worldwide revival. That's what's happened. And boy, this is something that God has really, really smiled upon. Amen. Now, all of a sudden, and for years, you know, we just thought the foreign field, the foreign field, the foreign field. And all of a sudden, in America, when we begin to evangelize the, um, especially the metro areas, we begin to see the same thing happening in places like Chicago, in New York, Philadelphia. It's sad to say that there was no a UPC presence in Philadelphia for a number of years. I'm talking about in America. But all of a sudden, we got the vision, praise God, that this gospel is to everybody, to all nations, praise God. And this has done some tremendous things with our organization. I believe this is one of the things that, that has helped us to grow and, and, and that type of thing. And so um, we want to keep that thrust. Now, in this church... One of the things that we keep alive, and we're going to be doing this the first Sunday of this next month in November. I wrote myself a note for that. And we're going to highlight the missionaries that we support here in this church. And I thank God for people that are sitting in these pews and people that are on the internet that have supported this type of a vision for years. Amen. I believe that this is the will of God. And I believe because of that vision, praise God, I believe that we have the favor of God in a community like this. We had a man of God come to this area here years ago, and I think I've, I've told you this. His name was Chester Wright, and Chester Wright is a very unique person. I appreciate him. Um, I, I just have, have, God has helped me to be able to receive a lot of his ministry, and I appreciate that. I really do. But he said something to us. He said to me in district board when I was district superintendent, he said, listen, he said, in a lot of these communities, he said, if you will just go on and do the right things week after week, week after week, week after week, I got to stop here. You know, I, I came to prayer last night, and I'm observing. I'm the pastor. I better figure out what's going on, right? Everything that we're doing. And you know the thing that, struck, that, that, that stuck out to me at the prayer meeting last night, Brother Darren? Is you were praying. Oh, isn't that elementary? You'd be surprised. Now listen to me, folks. I'm not being critical. I'm being observant. You'd be surprised at a lot of the stuff that goes on in our churches surrounds other things. 
you know, and I'm not against fellowship, and I'm not against eating, you know, together and all that kind of business. I think it's important. But sometimes we lose the, the track of the fact that God wants us to do the fundamental things. And last night it was happening in this church. Now, we've not made Tuesday night a mandate. We haven't. It's just Brother Darren has, has caught the vision that this church needs to pray. And so he shows up every Tuesday night and opens the door for an hour. And I appreciate that. I really do. A lot of nights I'm not able to come because I've had, I got other things going on and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's just the world that we live in and maybe Tuesday nights are, are tough for you. But I appreciate the fact that this area has been given the opportunity to come and to corporately pray together different times during the week. I'm telling you something, folks. These are not accidents. This is the will of God. And this is why a little church like this, like Brother Wright said, if you'll just keep doing the right things, have good church, teach the Word of God, sow the seed, just get out there every week and, and make it a part of you. He said, you're going to reach your communities. He said, you will do that. Because, you know, I mean, I mean even Gillette, you think about it, 36,000, I think we've got like 46,000 in this, in this county, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of people. But if you just keep doing things on the internet, keep teaching and, and that type of thing, people are going to hear about this. And obviously they have to make their choices. But what God does with, with groups like yours, like us, is he will give us a worldwide vision. He will take the vision beyond our community, praise God, and help us to highlight, praise God, so that we can have that vision that in every nation, right now I think Brother Bernard said out of 216 nations in the world that the United Pentecostal Church has a presence in 199 of them. And I believe it's soon to be that we're going to have a presence in every nation in the world, praise God. Isn't that, isn't that a prophecy fulfillment where Jesus said that this gospel would be preached into the whole world in Jesus' name? What a beautiful fulfillment that's happening to us in Jesus' name. Would you lift your hands right now and let's ask the Lord to touch us. This all-nation Sunday and this all-nation, you know, drive that, that the UPCI is doing, I think it's the will of God. And I'm praying that your eyes will get open tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing all over this world, all over this world in the name of Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so let's believe God for what he's doing. And, and this first Sunday of November, we're going to highlight our missionaries and we're going to let you see that this, this uh, church is, is leading, praise God. Um, in, in fact, because of your faithful giving, amen, our, this church here has been number one in giving to missions in the, United, or in the Rocky Mountain District for probably 15, close to 20 years. Now, I'm not bragging, folks. I'm just letting you people know, praise God, that you are leaders in this. And I commend your giving in Jesus' name. And we'll keep that growing, praise God, because I believe it's the will of God for us to support missionaries. Can you say amen? Yes. Isn't God good? Yes. 
I'll tell you something, he is great in Jesus' name. Now, for the lesson tonight, and I'm going to be referring to Scripture mainly, so I want you to, to see that, but I thank God for these lessons. I hope that this, this series of lessons on Jesus as Lord has literally opened up your eyes. You know, the first, the first you know, these are, are cut into four pieces here, you know. In the first lesson, Brother Carlos taught on the family unit, and, and Jesus identified the true family. And he talked about, you know, one of the things that can happen is a house can become divided. Amen. And I believe that can happen, praise God, you know, in a, in a single family home, just like it can happen in a church family home like this. I remember years ago when we were raising our children, you know, um, our children were not perfect. They, had, they took too much after their dad. They should have got more of their mother's genes. That's what would have helped. But we had some real challenges, folks with our kids. They were not perfect. And I can recall a couple of times that I won't go into tonight, but we had a few times when it was, whoa, things were getting a little tight in the home. And what it caused Sister Carnahan and I to do is, of course, to bulk up with the Lord, and we had to draw some lines in the sand. And the reason we had to do that was not because we were trying to punish our children and we were trying to be mean parents, but listen to me, folks, you know, a house divided is going to fall. And that's what we're, we're sensing in today's world. I'm not trying to be critical, but in too many families, the kids rule the roost. And it's not them that should be ruling. It's God that should be ruling through the parents. And so this is what has to return. And I know that's a huge challenge in today's world. I know that school systems and governments and all that kind of business are trying to infiltrate themselves into this. So to be an apostolic home takes a lot of grit, it takes a lot of effort, and it takes what this guy's opening up on Tuesday nights. It takes a lot of prayer. It really does, folks. And so I, I'm, I'm not unsympathetic to your plight, but that's why these kind of lessons, we got to let Jesus be Lord in the home. Can you say amen? That's got to happen. And I know that's not going to be easy. And I know you're going to have challenges. And sometimes, you know, some weeks, Sister Carnan and I had thought we were taking one step forward and about six backwards. My goodness. And that's, that's just how it is. And I'm not trying to feel sorry for us. I'm just saying that's where the battlefront is. And so fight that. Praise God. You know, the second week we talked about spiritual things. Praise God. And, you know, it's so important for us to recognize that Jesus is the Lord over the elements of the world. Amen. They got out on that boat and that thing began to rock and they thought they were going to sink and that was all she wrote. Jesus stood up in that boat and he just said, peace be still. Praise God. And in one rendition of that, it says there was a great calm. And I believe that God can bring a calm to every one of our storms. And I believe he will. In fact, I believe that's one of the golden opportunities that he brings to us when we realize that he's Lord over those kind of situations. Last week we talked about the spiritual realm, the demonic realm, which is very real. It is. A lot of our world, this America, and again, I'm not saying they're possessed by devils, but they're influenced by the Antichrist system. And it's everywhere. And that's why people like you and me are so important to the kingdom of God that we let our light shine. Jesus, in the, in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, said, let your light shine as a city on a hill. Wow. Yeah. And then he said, don't put that light under a bushel. 
but put it on a candlestick. Why? So that the whole house can have light. And then he said, let your light shine and your good works go forth. Let people see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Can you say amen? Amen. That can happen in the name of Jesus. So all of these lessons have been designed to help us to get back to that simple aspect that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over every situation in our life. And it's a challenge in today's world to keep him that way. Now in tonight's lesson, we're going to talk about 12. 12. And how 12 intersected. Amen. Jairus' daughter was 12 years of age. That woman who needed a healing was sick for 12 years. Can you remember 12 years ago? Yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? And the older you get, more the fainter it gets, doesn't it? But think about it, 12 years ago until today, you know, my goodness, that's a long time to be sick. It really is. And what these lessons have been highlighting mainly is the first six chapters of the Gospel of of Mark. That's really what it's been doing. They kind of cut a little segment out of that. Oh, they've made other scriptural references, but they've really highlighted those chapters. And that's why I would, in, I would encourage you to go back and read those chapters again. Let God speak to you. Let God soak some things into your life that happened back then that maybe is kind of similar to what's happening in your life right now. And let's get some gospel truths, praise God. You know, the title of tonight's lesson is Your Faith Hath Made You Whole. Let's never forget the simplicity. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For they that come to God must first believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so let's let faith be, a, be a, an important part of our life every day. Build up yourself upon your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit, praise God. And you will find strength, and I will find strength like never before. Now we're going to center in on the fifth chapter of the book of Mark here in just a few minutes. But let's get some truth about God. Let's get a truth about God tonight. And this is a truth every day. And what that truth is, is that God responds to faith. Make no ifs, ends, or buts about it. Amen. And I'm not talking about just any faith. The six doctrines of Christ, which are identified in the sixth chapter of Hebrews, talks about faith toward God. And that's what you and I must get good at, having faith towards God. You know, and I understand this is not, you know, a small order. This is difficult, especially in the world today that doesn't promote this. But isn't it nice to come to a place like this where you can sit back, breathe a little bit, and start taking in some things and realize, praise God, that your world is not crumbling. Your God is large and in charge. Your God is sitting on the throne right now, and he's able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. Come on, folks, these are just thoughts that come right out of the Bible. And you and I have to remind ourselves of these things from time to time because, you know, the world that we live in wants to suck it out of us. That's exactly what they want to do. And God can help us to keep with it in Jesus' name. Praise God. And then let's get a a specific truth for our own lives. You know, we got a general truth about God, which he responds to faith. The truth is because it is never too late to touch Jesus. 
I'm going to take my needs. Come on, I'm going to take my needs to Him. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like somebody right now could lift up their hands and you've got an absolute main line to Jesus right now. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. I'm telling you the truth. You can take your needs to Jesus. You can touch the hem of His garment, praise God. You can push your way through the crowd of life and you can gather yourself something from the Lord even right here tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, I sense that happening right here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking about there isn't an addiction that is strong enough that you can't get help from the Lord. Come on, there is and sin that is strong enough that God won't come and help you in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. You got it all and you got it made because you got yourself a Lord that is in charge. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a, what a concept, folks. What a concept in the name of Jesus. Now the lesson has to do with this woman, it primarily deals with this woman who had an issue of blood and she suffered that disease for 12 years, praise God. Now, if, I don't know if I'm going to have time to go into this tonight, but you can go back to the 15th chapter of the book of Leviticus. See, this lady was under the law and the law stipulated certain things. And when a woman had an issue of blood like this woman had, the term was, and I know it wasn't very kind, but it's the truth, she was considered unclean. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, it, just, it didn't just, you know, uh, uh, did deal with one area of her life, it dealt with every area of her life. She couldn't go in the public in some places. She was banned from that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, this lady had a very sad existence of life. And it reminds me of a lot of what, what we're dealing with today. I'm not just talking about physical sickness. I'm talking about people who have been dealing with mental things and things of that nature for more, a lot longer than 12 years. And I'm here to tell you that he who the Son has set free is free indeed in Jesus' name. I felt that come off of you last night when I laid hands on you in the name of Jesus. I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter to me. I don't, God doesn't have to explain everything to me. But I felt something come off of you last night when I went over there and was obedient to God in the name of Jesus. Don't pick it up any, again. Just don't. God has taken that away from you in Jesus' name. And he's replaced it. That's the cool thing. Oh, I'm telling you something, folks. It's exciting to live for God. It's exciting to be in the presence of the Lord. It's exciting to come to a church like this, people like you who believe in missions, who believe in giving, believe in giving praise to the Lord and lifting up your hands and not ashamed. I'm telling you something, folks. This place is alive and well in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now go with me here to the, to the fifth chapter of the book of Mark, and that's where you're going to find this story. Now this is what we've been talking about. A couple of, couple, three busy days that Jesus had. Remember that? You know, where he was teaching the multitudes, he was teaching his disciples, he's, he's fallen asleep, they got to carry him to the boat, and then, you know, he, he can't even get a whole night's sleep because, man, storms are happening, and he gets up, praise God, and he rebukes the storm, and then he gets to the shore, and immediately when he gets to the shore, here's this guy that's been filled with a legion of devils that comes to him, and I mean to tell you just one thing after another, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, that's sometimes where we see ourselves, don't we? It just seems like we get through one thing, 
Praise God. And then it's another thing and another thing. But you know, you and I, that's why it's so important for us to gather our strength from God. Oh, hallelujah. And so I believe that God has got that for us every day of our lives if we'll just tap into him in Jesus' name. And so last week we talked about the fact that um, the, the demonic world was aware of Jesus and that type of thing. But let's go a little bit further in the fifth chapter. And let's read this. The Bible says in Mark 5, in verse number 22, it says in, um, uh, uh, actually, let me start in verse 21 so you can see there's a continuation of this story. And like I said, you read, that's why when you read these chapters together, you're going to begin to see that continuity. You're going to see that Jesus was a busy guy. Well, the Bible says, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, I was reminded of this when I was reading this this week. No wonder he first went and converted some fishermen. I mean, there's no doubt he needed some transportation. And he got it with those guys, didn't he? I think that's pretty unique how that worked and how God uses that type of thing. And so the Bible says when he passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus is his name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now catch the desperation in this guy. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Man, this guy had faith. Toward God. That's what it looks like, folks. Right there, take a snapshot of that. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through anything. It just means that when you do, you automatically say, i got to get to God. Now listen to me. That's one of the most important parts of this, this whole lesson. And then the scripture says, um, and Jesus went with him. Didn't even ask him. Didn't say, well, you know, I'm kind of busy today and I got a lot of things going. No, Jesus went right with him. Listen to me, folks. One of the best things that you and I can get in the habit of doing is inviting him. Invite him on board. Come on, you can do that in seconds. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, that will help you out immensely. You know, too many times, and I'm guilty of this just like you are, you know, he's three and four and five and six down the line. It's kind of like this lady, you know, that we're going to meet here in just a few minutes. You know, she spent everything she had, you know. And I'm not here to accuse her. I'm just saying, you know, all of a sudden when she didn't have anything left, then it came to Jesus. Well, listen to me. I want to move Jesus up the list a little bit. And I hope tonight that you'll consider that. Amen. That we'll become like Jairus here, okay? Well, the scripture says Jesus went with him and the people followed him and they thronged him. I mean, here you got this crowd that's following Jesus everywhere he goes. And in the midst of this journey, here's the intersection. Come on, now get this. The Bible says in verse number 25, And a certain woman which had an issue, you know, of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians... It says, and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Now listen, I'm not here tonight to pick on physicians. I'm not here to, to pick on the medical field. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying here tonight that you and I who are apostolics, we can help people understand that we serve a God who wants to help them. 
just like he wants to help us. But if we don't allow him to help us, I don't think that invitation's ever going to go out there. Well, the scripture says in verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, you know, um, and she came into the press behind and touched his garment. Amen. There's a couple of other places that you can study this story out. One is in the ninth chapter of the book of Matthew, and the other one is in the eighth chapter of the book of Luke. Like several things in the Bible, you know, God made sure that this was documented many times. And you would do well to study both or all three of these renditions because just like a lot of times, somebody else says something that wasn't there. And so think about that. And, and, and look at how desperate the world is, praise God. Because she said in verse number 8, now here again, 28, I'm sorry, here's a picture of faith towards God. Now, isn't that the truth tonight? The truth we're talking about is that God responds to faith. Come on, is that too simple? Here's a picture of it. We got a picture of a guy who's a ruler, probably makes a pretty good living, probably got a nice home, but he got desperate and he came to Jesus. Here we got a woman that took kind of a different trail, you know, spent everything she had, tried to do whatever the world could, the best the world had to offer, but she never got any better. But these two here, you know, intersect, and in my opinion, one of the intersections are faith. This is what you see in both of them. You see that there is faith in God, and this is what God wants to help us to do. And so she said, and I don't know where she got this. There's absolutely no scripture for this. I have searched for it. Touch his garment and you'll get healed. It's kind of like the 19th chapter of the book of Acts when they started praying over handkerchiefs and sending them into the homes. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. But you know what I call that? Come on, listen to this. I call that creative faith. As long as it's towards God, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And this is what you see in this situation. Now, come on, we're talking about a series of lessons here that is trying to help us to understand that Jesus is Lord. And when you and I have faith towards him, I'm going to tell you something, things begin to happen in the name of Jesus. They do. And this is what you and I can be, be assured of. Praise God. And so here she is. She's saying she got it somewhere, and the Bible says, I'm going to be made whole. And the scripture says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Bam! Our God is a miracle-working God. Now listen to me, because Jesus is a man. He's not as conscious of what's going on in the world quite like the Spirit of the Lord. And so the scripture says, Jesus immediately knowing that something happened. Amen. And so that virtue went out of him or had gone out of him. He turned about in the press and he said, who touched me? And can you imagine the apostles? What? Who touched you? Come on, Jesus. Is it, you know, is, is, are you testing us? But that's not exactly what Jesus was talking about. He said, some, he, was thinking, he was saying, somebody touched me and I felt that. And that's what I, that's as a pastor in church services and stuff like that. Sometimes I ask the Lord to help me to understand that and to grasp that. It happened Sunday night. Here we are, you know, we got a couple that we're trying to baptize. And for one reason or another, and hopefully we're going to do it Sunday, you know. But they didn't show up on, 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 Friday, or on Sunday night. And so we're filling the baptism. Well, what did we do? We filled the baptism by faith, right? 
And halfway through the message of Brother Bernard, the Lord begins to speak to me. He says, you make an appeal. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you got the baptismal full, don't you? I said, well, we'll have it full. He says, make an appeal. And I thought, that sounds like a pretty good idea to me. And so when I get up here, we're praying and that type of thing. And I'm just, I'm trying to get the spiritual antennas out, folks. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just saying, God, let me know what's going on. And all of a sudden, after looking over the crowd, I noticed this young lady right over here. And, and, and memory lane came back. And I thought, she's been here before. I've watched her pray like that before. And the Lord directed me. He said, you go over and lay your hands on her in the name of Jesus. And that's what I did. And I could feel that there was, there was new life coming out of her like never before in Jesus' name. And so right away, I thought, well, here we go. I said, anybody want to be baptized? And Jeannie, where's she at tonight? She's not here. She in the nursery? Thank God for her. And Jesus, she, right there. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. And so we didn't have to empty that baptismal with nobody getting baptized. Come on, folks, when you have faith, faith towards God, something will happen. God will take something that's meant to maybe be a little bit of an embarrassment or a little bit of a faith squash, and he'll rise it up in the name of Jesus. Come on, God will come to your rescue. Now, I'm telling you the truth, praise God. He is Lord. He is the Lord of your life. And that's why you and I, we must become more proficient about this. And I'm not stepping on anybody's toes tonight, I hope. And I'm not accusing you. I'm trying to help you. You got the greatest help on this side of heaven, praise God. But you and I, we got to initiate it every day. And we got to get back into the simple habit. You remember when you first got the Holy Ghost? Man, witnessing was easy. You could tell everybody about this. But what happened? Sometimes some things dry up in us that God wants to get back going again. And I believe tonight's one of those nights in the name of Jesus. And so here it is, praise God, a beautiful story of, of, of twelves, a beautiful story of an intersection of faith that gives us a perfect picture of what is it like to have faith towards God. And man, this is it right here, I'm telling you, in Jesus' name. And so the disciples in verse 31 there said unto him, man, can't you see all these people, you know? But Jesus is persistent. He said, somebody touched me. And so he looked around in verse 32 about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman was fearing. And this is kind of one of those things that has to happen. You know, we got to get rid of our fear, praise God, of these things. And trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said something here, and this Bible study notes it. He calls her daughter. That's, you don't see that anywhere else in the scripture. That's relational. I've had God call me son from time to time. He didn't do that every time. You know, most of the time it's, hey, you. <laughs> no, not. But, mo I mean, I've had him call me son, and I, I took note of that. And, man, I filed that one. That's relationship. And Jesus said, daughter. He said, thy faith. Do you see why it's important for us to have faith towards God? You're not spinning your wheels when you do that. Praise God. And so thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. There it is. And so here it is, Jesus on the way to a house so that he can help a 12-year-old girl gets preempted and he gets, and, and gets intersected by a lady who for 12 years was sick. And this was ordained of God in Jesus' name. 
And just like a lot of things, do you remember when Lazarus, remember when Jesus was dealing with Lazarus? And, and Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He had eaten, I mean, he, uh, the scripture points to the fact that he'd ate, eaten in the house a lot and they'd become friends. And so this wasn't just a casual relationship. And of course, Lazarus got sick. And Jesus purposely, purposely, from what I can see in scripture, delayed his coming. He delayed his coming. And I believe he was going to delay his coming until Lazarus was dead for four days. Why is that? Because certain impossibilities have pulled into that body by, that, by the fourth day. You know, medicine even teaches us that. But what was the purpose? So that they could see the power of God. Kind of like the ship story that we got into a couple of weeks ago. Remember that? God purposely let them get out there on that sea and get on those rough waters so that they could see the power of God. Not only is it real, but it is absolutely powerful in Jesus' name. And so we see the same situation happening here. Look at this. It says, while he yet spake, in verse 35, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's home certain which said, thy daughter is dead. It says, why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that he spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue a very simple thing. He said two things. He said, don't be afraid and only believe. Sister Carnahan, I remember we used to sing this chorus. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible if you'll only believe. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible if you'll only be. Oh, I, I knew that's exactly what happened when I sang that tonight. I'm going to sing it again. You can sing it with me. This is simple, folks, but this is what Jesus told that ruler. This is what having faith towards God will bring into your kitchen in Jesus' name. Only believe. Only believe all things are possible if you'll only believe. Amen. Oh, only believe. Only believe all things are possible. If you'll only believe. Now, I haven't sang that chorus probably for 25 or 30 years. But I remember that chorus from way back when I used to go to a church. And I didn't know much about God. And it was simple choruses like this that began to turn the, the motor, begin to turn, praise God. Only believe. And you see, that's why we have prayer sessions. That's why we do Bible study and preaching and teaching in this church. It's because all of this is, is designed to help us to believe in God, to have faith like the Bible study is talking about, having faith towards God, and to begin to get these things going in our lives so that things can begin to happen in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so here's Jesus. He just gives him a very simple word in verse 36. He says, be not afraid, but only believe. 
And then the Bible says, and he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. This taught me a lot. There's people in the church, praise God, that God is dealing with. And I'm going to tell you something. In the name of Jesus, every time we come to a service, there's people that God has already prepared that will have faith for the situation. You might be the one for Sunday morning. You might be the one for the next Sunday evening service. You might be the very one that's going to begin to bring the catalyst, praise God, that's going to cause some things to get off the ground. Listen to me, folks. God is no respecter of persons. We already talked about that in the book of Acts, that any place, doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter where you live, praise God. If you fear God and you want to do what's right, I'm telling you something, God will use people like you and I in the name of Jesus. Anybody getting sick and tired of sitting on the bleachers and you want to get down into a closer seat, I'm telling you something, tonight's your night. You can make up your mind tonight that a message like this it's not going to go between one ear and go out the other. I'm going to take heed to this, praise God. I'm going to start doing some things in my daily life that's going to begin to promote faith towards God in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift up our hands right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Come on, these lessons are absolutely priceless. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus is Lord. He wants your family not to be divided, praise God. He wants to help you to understand that no matter how many storms or how vicious the storm is, He's going to be there. He's going to calm your sea in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't make any difference what the devil's been lying to you because our Lord is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think in the name of Jesus. Come on, go back into that neighborhood of yours. Go back into that area, praise God, that maybe you've tried and have some faith in God and watch what will happen in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, this is a whole lot more fun than being in the, in the, you know, in the doom and the gloom. This is a whole lot more fun, praise God, than sitting at home and fretting about all kinds of junk. I'm telling you something, this is what God's got designed for every person that is born again who comes into his kingdom and wants to see something happen in the name of Jesus. This is what God had. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so he took his crew with him. He took the, he took the ones that he was getting close to in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, And he cometh unto the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the tumult or the confusion. And folks, if that isn't a word that talks about the world that we're living in, confusion. Praise God. And so what does Jesus do? Praise God in that amidst. And them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this to ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And the scripture says, you know the story here. The Bible says they laughed him to scorn, man. I'm going to tell you something. This is what we find ourselves with sometimes. But the Bible says Jesus didn't let that bother him. And in verse 41, he took the damsel by the hand and he said unto her, you know, that word, and it says, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And the scripture says in verse 42, and straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. Praise God. I'm telling you something, folks. This is what you and I can expect from time to time, that God is going to lead us into situations that are going to bring us, you know, the supernatural in the name of Jesus. 
And boy, I mean to tell you, it's going to get exciting in Jesus' name. Praise God. I thank God for stories like this, folks. I thank God that, that you know, because it's never too late. Let me read the end of this Bible study. It says, perhaps you feel hopeless because of what you have been going through. Even if you have battled for 12 years or longer, this story is a testament to the power of God to work through your unrelenting faith. We may not know exactly how, you know, how God will respond when we ask, but we know He knows, and He will always do what is right. And so let us take the, then, you know, our need to Jesus and see Him work for us like He has worked for the daughter and for Jairus. Let's have that kind of faith, praise God. And I believe that God is going to get the glory in the name of Jesus. Let's stand tonight. Thank you so much for coming. What does that mean, Karen? Oh, okay. Do you want to play the video? Um, I, yes. I think it'd be important if we prayed, though. I think, would that be okay? Is that important? I want you to gather with somebody right now, and let's, let's get some pockets going here. And let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. I believe the Lord is here. And I believe that God can do something yet here in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go on. Just go ahead and call upon the Lord right now. Some of you are already tapped in in Jesus' name. That's what I like about this church. You don't take five minutes to get going. You do it right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Let's lift up the, the name of the Lord right now. Let's believe God for healing, for touching Praise God. There's somebody here that's, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's a mental plaguing that's been happening to you. I kind of look at it as an ashamement. But I'm going to tell you right now, God is lifting that. In fact, He's already lifted that off of your life right now. You don't have to, you don't have to heed to that anymore. God is not ashamed of you. I'm telling you right now, He loves you. He cares for you. He understands the mistakes you made. That's no big deal to Him. He forgives you and He cleanses you. And He's going to renew you and make you righteous in His sight in the name of Jesus. That's exactly what He's doing right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I feel that right now. Come on. There is therefore now no more condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who walk according to what He wants them to do. Come on. That's Scripture. That's something you can throw in the devil's face in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I give you the praise, God, and I thank you for what you're doing. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's take another 15 or 20 seconds and let's push in right now. Come on, somebody's getting that veneer laid back and God is ministering to you. He's pouring salve. He's pouring healing ointment into that wound right now and it's going to be healed. I'm telling you right now, just like J. Iris's daughter, just like that woman of 12 years, that wound is healed right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that God, I speak that word of faith right now into that heart into that mind into that body right now in the name of Jesus Lord God it is done by the word of the Lord in Jesus name oh I thank you Lord God I appreciate it Lord mm. hallelujah I appreciate what you're doing Lord hallelujah 
Oh, hallelujah. This is so much more fun than depression. Come on, this is so much more fun, praise God, than carrying that pain around. This is a whole lot better than that in the name of Jesus. And listen to me, why not? Why not? Why wouldn't Jesus do it for you? Why wouldn't he do it for you? I'm telling you right now, you're a child of the king. In the name of Jesus, you are a child of the king. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's right. Come on, the rock has been literally rolled away. Come on, Jesus is in the process of taking those grave clothes off. That's what he's doing right now. I sense that for somebody. In the name of Jesus, by the power of your spoken word, Lord God, you are the almighty, you are the everlasting, you are the king of kings. In Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. I'm telling you right now, he's taking the grave clothes off. That's what he's doing. He's putting on a new garment. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be to the name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a whole lot more fun than depression. It is. Come on, folks, and why not? He loves you. He cares for you. Come on, quit trying to convince yourself of that. Just believe it and have faith towards God. It's just that simple. Amen. And then we get renewed in that commitment every day because God says that his mercies renew themselves every day in Jesus' name. And so what about it? Come on. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe, only, <laughs> you got God, Sister Carnahan. Only believe, all things are possible. Only believe. You can have that. I have no copyright on that song, okay? So you can have that song. That's yours now. Praise God. Every time you come up against something, just sing that to yourself. Just believe in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something. It'll make the difference in the name of the Lord. Any announcements, Sister Kernahan? All parties. Saturday night, or no, Saturday afternoon from 3 until 7. Yes, here at the church. Fall party here. Of course, of services on Sunday morning. And then Sunday evening, we'll be having our men's Bible study, the last of the, uh, the book that we're dealing with. Uh, dominion over what? Does anybody remember? I know we had dominion over, over sin, over the devil, over ourselves. Um, is it circumstances? I think that's what it is. And so come, Sunday night, we're going to have uh, our men's meeting here. We begin in the, in the sanctuary, and then we'll have fellowship and Bible study in the, in the back, in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. Appreciate you coming tonight. Only believe. God bless you.